Hi there. Welcome to your podcast for college Catholics. I am your host, Father Patrick Wainwright. In today's episode, we will speak about how the life of Christ was crowned by his passion and death on the cross, and how this was a real and historical event. A real event. It was a most painful death also, which our Lord offered for you and for your salvation so that you could enter heaven and spend the rest of eternity with God. And the reason why I want to address these, uh, this historical fact and the fact that it is a historical event is because many times we do have doubts as to whether all this is really true, whether Jesus really existed, and whether the events and the stories that are told to us are true. So uh, here in this episode, we will talk about the death of Christ as a historical event. St. Teresa of Avila was born in 1515, and she is known because she was a cloistered nun who brought about the reform of the Order of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, also known as the Carmelite Sisters. St. Teresa was born in a devout Catholic family, and although she never wanted, properly speaking, to be a religious sister, she felt God was calling her to consecrate her entire life to Him. And because of this, although she herself says that she was always, quote, a great enemy of being a nun, unquote, she finally determined to enter the Carmelite Sisters at the Monastery of the Incarnation in Avila, in Spain. And while she was there, and while she lived a devout life, she followed the prayers and the rules of the sisters at that time, she wasn't really living a very virtuous life, we could say. So in other words, she wasn't truly seeking holiness. You could say that in many small things, she would follow the inclinations of her passions, her inordinate attachments. However, little by little, God would guide her to a greater commitment to holiness. So God gave her the grace to wake her up from her lukewarmness. But this was a long process. So one of the more decisive steps happened when she was doing her daily meditation before an image of our Lord, who appeared in the picture, scourged, crowned with thorns, and terribly wounded and bleeding. And she describes all this in her life, chapter 9, if you want to look it up. So this image of Christ, that was an image of Christ after the scourging at the pillar, made her think of the many terrible sufferings that Jesus had suffered for her sins. And the grace of God moved her to completely leave behind her attachments and her sins, her vices. And as far as she could, to live faithfully according to the gospel from that moment on. So we could say it was that awareness of the reality of the terrible sufferings of our Lord Jesus Christ which he had suffered for her, personally, that moved her heart. And that also moved her will to break the bonds that were tying her to a lukewarm and, in a sense, somewhat sinful life and make her free to live a life of holiness. So now I am aware, as I said at the beginning, that 
a very common temptation against our faith is to think that everything that happened that is told to us in the scriptures is a complete invention. That someone, some pious person, a priest, or someone in the church invented all these things for us to have an ideal to follow. And this is a very serious temptation. The devil tends to put this thought in our minds and to make us think that the most evident realities are not evident at all. So this is why I think it is very important to make a point here to help you oppose these negative thoughts or doubts when they come or even to help some, someone else. You know, if there's someone else is doubting or struggling with this aspect of our faith, to be able to help them and strengthen them in their faith. So it is, the, it is a fact, right? Or what I would like to stress today is that the passion and the death on the cross of Jesus Christ is a real, a real and historical event. So event, an event that can be, if you want, proven by historical sources. So it's not a poetic thing or a nice literary story that might have no foundation in reality. It is definitely not a fictional novel or an invention of some devout person. On the contrary, we could clearly, and if you want scientifically from a historical point of view, right, we could say that the life, the birth, the passion, and the death of Jesus Christ, of Jesus of Nazareth, are real historical facts, of which, in the first place, the apostles and the disciples were witnesses. As St. John says in his first letter, 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we looked upon and touched with our hands, concerns the word of life. For the life was made visible. We have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was made visible to us. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim now to you. Up to there, St. John, in his letter. Now, moreover, not only did the apostles insist on the physical reality of Jesus Christ, you know, remember the case of St. Thomas the Apostle, they wanted to put his hand in the side and his finger in the holes of the nails of the humanity of Jesus, of the risen Christ, right? So it's a real event. So not only did the apostles insist on this reality of Jesus Christ, but his existence can also be proven with historical documents that are valid from a historical point of view. Among those historical documents, not only do we have the four Gospels that are also considered from a historical point of view valid, and the other letters of the New Testament, but many other writings from Christian authors from the first and second centuries after Christ. In that sense, we have the uh, letters of St. Ignatius of Antioch, who was Bishop of Antioch uh, around the years, from the year 70 to the, seven, to the year 107 AD. And there he clearly states that Jesus was truly born 
from the Virgin. He was truly crucified and nailed to the cross, right? He, he, he specifies the fact that these things truly happened. And he wrote several years after the uh, foundation of the church and after the death of Christ. Moreover, there are also written, written historical documents that come to us from outside of the Christian community, that is, from Roman and Jewish origins. So people that are not, if you want, biased in favor of the Catholic Church or Jesus Christ. So among these, a prominent one is a historian, Flavius Josephus, who was a Jewish historian from the first century after Christ. And he wrote a history of the Jewish people around the year 93 AD. And within it, he talks about a man named Jesus who attracted many Jews to himself. He also saw, says that he was accused by the leading people of the Jews and, quote, condemned and crucified by Pontius Pilate, unquote. So there we see a Jewish historian confirming that Jesus lived at the time of Pontius Pilate, that he was a preacher, that he had many followers, that he was condemned and crucified. And he also says how his, faith, his uh, followers still remain faithful to him after many years. This you can find in uh, the writings of Flavius Josephus, particularly one called The Jewish Antiquities, Book 18. Now, another prominent witness in this sense, or historian, was Tacitus. Tacitus was a Roman senator and historian who was born around the year 56 AD. Tacitus wrote the Annals of the Imperial Rome around the year 116 AD. And this is a history of the Roman Empire, and there he mentions how the city of Rome was burned in the year 64 after Christ. And he explains how Nero, the, emperor, the Roman emperor at the time, falsely blamed the Christians, and he calls them, quote, persons commonly called Christians. And he also says about them that Christ, their founder, was put to death by Pontius Pilate, procurator of Judea in the reign of Tiberius. So up to there, Tacitus, right? So we speak about um, Tacitus and Flavius Josephus. There's also another one called Pliny. These are sources, historical sources, that are not biased whatsoever in favor of uh, the Christians. And they say clearly and state and witness, if you want, that Jesus Christ lived and he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. And he has a following. So apart from being a real historical event, it is important for us and for you to know that Jesus offered himself freely to suffer and die for our sins. He was not forced to do this. On the contrary, he offered himself with complete freedom moved by pure love for you and for me. In fact, on several occasions, we read in the Gospels, that the Jews tried to arrest him, but he simply passed by through the crowd of his enemies, completely in control of the situation, because his hour to die had not yet come. And he declared something related to this in the Gospel of St. John, chapter 10, verse 18. He said, No one takes my life from me, 
but I lay it down on my own. I have the power to lay it down and power to take it up again. Up to there, Jesus and the Gospel of St. John. Now, there were specific reasons that those who wanted his death had to claim or allege in order to convince the Roman authorities at the moment, namely uh, the Roman procurator called Pontius Pilate, with me, whom we have mentioned already, they, wanted to, they had to convince Pontius Pilate that this man deserved to be crucified and killed, which was a very serious punishment uh, and execution. In that sense, the compendium of the Catechism of the Catholic Church says the following, and this is from the compendium number 113. It says, Some of the leaders of Israel accused Jesus of acting against the law, the temple in Jerusalem, and in particular against faith in the one God, because he proclaimed himself to be the Son of God. For this reason, they handed him over to Pilate so that he might condemn him to death. Up to there, the companion of the Catechism. So, the accusations that his enemies brought against him confirm the fact that Jesus clearly claimed to be God. And this is true. He repeatedly claimed to be God. More specifically, he stated that he was the Son of God the Father, the second person of the Holy Trinity. As far as the other accusations that the Jews brought against him, Jesus did not intend to reject the law or the temple. On the contrary, he showed great respect for both but superseded and fulfilled them both, bringing them to perfection. So up to here, then, we have considered the historical fact of the death of Jesus Christ and some of the allegations, if you want, or accusations brought against him. In our next episode, we will look at the death of Jesus Christ from the point of view of faith, explaining uh, to the best of our ability the divine plan behind the death of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we can unite ourselves spiritually with his passion, with his death and with his resurrection. So if you ever tempted to doubt the reality of the truths of faith or the reality of the historicity of the mysteries of the life of Christ, remember these historical witnesses given by people like Tacitus or Flavius Josephus who were not at all Christian. Actually, one was Roman and the other one was a Jew. But moreover, they were actually in many ways opposed to the Christian faith. And still, they gave witness to the reality and historicity of the person, the life, and the death of Jesus Christ. So thank you very much for joining me today. If you do have any questions about the Catholic faith or if you want to send me any feedback, please do send me an email at info at fourcollegecatholic.org. I would really love to hear from you. And if you can, pass this episode along to your friends so that uh, we can reach out as many college students as possible. May our Lord bless you abundantly, and we'll see you in our next episode for College Catholics. <music>